What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Inside the Multiverse. I am your girl, your host, your homie, Queen Breezy. I am so excited to do this prediction episode of the podcast for AEW for full gear. I'm going to get into all of the matchups, all of the matches, the opponents, everything that you need to know for full gear. I will get into it, dive into what I think might happen, what should happen, and who I think will win each and every match. I personally cannot wait to see the Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page match and Darby Allen versus MJF, but I'll dive into those later on here in the podcast. But anyway, let's buckle up. Let's ride. All right, before we get into anything else about AEW Full Gear going to quickly run down all of the matches for the pay-per-view this Saturday, November 13th, only on pay-per-view. I cannot wait to watch it. Going to do a live watch-along on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Queen Breezy. If you want to come hang out with your girl over there and we can talk all things Full Gear, all things of what's going to happen with the AEW World Championship match, the women's world title, tag titles, etc. Speaking of the AEW World Championship, we have the current champion Kenny Omega going up against the winner of the Casino Ladder match, Hangman Adam Page. Then we have Dr. Britt Baker DMD going up against Ty Conti for the AEW Women's World Championship. And then we have Brian Danielson going up against Miro in the AEW World title tournament final and the winner of that match will get a future aew world championship match depending on who comes out as the new champion between kenny and hangman and then we have the inner circle consisted of chris jericho jake hager sammy guevara santana and ortiz versus the uh, american top team which consists of junior dos santos Orlovsky and Dan Dan Lambert. Oh, and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky as well. That match uh, in itself is going to be crazy. And that match is a 10-man tag Minneapolis street fight. I say it plays in the hands of the inner circle. But again, we'll get into in-depth talks about each match. Woo. This is a stacked card, y'all. And I'm not even done. Then we have the Lucha Brothers going up against FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships. It's a lot going on there that I'll explain later on in this podcast. But, of course, that's going to be a great match as well. Then we have Darby versus MJF. A lot could happen in that particular match that I'll get into very, very soon. Probably in just a few minutes. But then we have CM Punk versus one of my all-time favorites, especially here recently, and that man is Eddie Kingston. Now, I just read a whole piece uh, that he released today from the Players' Tribune. Again, I'll get into more details about that when I talk about the match, but I am all the way looking forward to this match between two brawlers that came up fighting for what they wanted. And then we have Christian Cage and Jurassic Express 
going up against the super click consisted of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Th that pretty much is a stacked card, y'all. I cannot wait to dive into each of these matches and just give you my thoughts and opinions of what could happen, my predictions, who could be the person that gives that uh, the matchup big push to to get the win. But you know what? Let's go ahead and dive into this first match. All right, so this first match that I have listed here could easily, and I mean easily, steal the show on Saturday for full gear. Could easily steal the show. I mean, I know we got it. Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk, and I know we got Darby Allen versus MJF and Britt Baker versus Ty Conti, but this particular match has been two years in the making. This match has been two years in the making. It is time. It has been past time. The match I'm referring to, y'all, is the Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page AEW World Championship match. Now, like I said, this particular match has been brewing for the last two years. Now, we all know that when AEW first started, there was this tournament to determine who is going to be the first ever AEW World Champion. Then we ended up having a match between Hangman and Chris Jericho, where Chris Jericho ends up winning the match, becoming the first ever champion for a brand new company, just starting out. I was like, okay, makes sense, a little bit. But as time went on, of course, you know, at the time, Hangman was with the elite. The elite consisting of, at the time, it was Cody, it was Kenny and the Bucks. Of course, they was running rough shot over everybody in pretty much in AEW. So time passed. Eventually, Kenny and Hangman ended up winning the AEW Tag Team Championships. But fans started to notice cracks in the armor. Of the elite, of course, you know Hangman. He wanted he want to prove himself. He he should have been champion first. Blase, blase. And I'm like, okay, what could possibly come out of everything that is happening right now? At the time, Kenny Kenny and Hangman are just living it up as champions because you know they won the championships on a Jericho cruise of all places. Um, and they, they had been rolling, they had been winning and all this other stuff. So there was no end in sight for Kenny and Hangman to hold on to the tag team championships. But again, like I said, cracks in the armor of the elite and you started to see Hangman kind of question what the elite had become. Cause you, you had started to see that the elite was being more, flashy and more arrogant and more cocky and 
Uh, personally, I love I loved it, but for sake of storyline purposes, you started to see that Hangman wanted to do more than just tag team or um, group related stuff. So, of course, over time, um, Hangman started to cost Kenny and the Bucks a lot of wins. Um, of course, we all we all know and love him as the lovable cowboy because I he, he's that's just my cowboy. But he had, of course on screen he he drink drinks beer, and fans love him for it, doing cowboy shit as always. But as time went on, as the more he drank, the more I think Kenny and the Bucks were quote-unquote concerned about him drinking as much as he was. Personally, if he ain't doing no harm to nobody, I don't see why why he could. But, of course, I, f- I also felt like that the Bucks were trying to basically control, put uh, try to put, trying to put Hangman into a controlled environment where he's not drinking and that he's more focused on in-ring competition more so than anything else that's going on. And he of course the Bucks tried to take away the one thing I felt I feel like he uh that was his coping mechanism because he felt like he was the lone man out of the elite. Because it was always Kenny and the Bucks, but never like Kenny, the Bucks, and Hangman. Because if you go back to their uh, New Japan days or their uh, uh, Ring of Honor days, you would always see them together. Whether it was Adam Cole, the Bucks, Kenny, Hangman, any of them, Cody, you would see all of them together. Because they were the elite. So... Long story short, for me, the turning point in this rivalry, if you want to say, because they do have, they, at that, at this particular point, they had gotten wins over each other. So I feel like it was a budding rivalry. At this point, I feel like the turning point to where Hangman was really at a crossroads, I can't talk y'all. Um, is when the Bucks had had enough of what Hangman was doing because I think this was after uh, Hangman had cost the Bucks and Kenny a match on Dynamite. So, um, they had had enough and they were fed up and they basically kicked him out of the Bucks, kicked him out of the Elite. To me, that's the turning point of where Hangman was like, okay, what do I do now? Because, uh, again, at this particular juncture, Kenny and Hangman had already lost the titles, the tag titles to FTR. And I think Kenny and the Bucks were more frustrated at Hangman's actions and so... Hence them kicking him out of the elite. 
I know it sounds like I'm rambling, but I really want to establish this story for y'all and give y'all the backstory so that when I tell y'all my prediction, y'all would understand why. And when I when the Bucks kicked Hangman out of the elite, of course, this starts a whole new chapter for Kenny Omega. Enter Don Callis. Not gonna get into him, but just know that Don Callis is partially no, no, majority majorly responsible for the change in attitude of Kenny Omega. When I say a change in attitude, I mean a more cocky, more um, arrogant, more self-centered, more, just more of everything. Even to the point where um, at one point, he almost cut the, the Don Callis Kenny Omega relationship almost cost Kenny, his friendship with the Bucks. I I remember that whole thing like it was just yesterday. But I feel like in order for y'all to know and see how we get to this point of it being Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the title, I gotta go through this journey to get to get there so y'all understand. So anyway. Kenny wins the AEW World Championship. Lord, have mercy. <clears throat> from John Moxley. And from there, he had gone on to this ascent of winning every title from Impact and AEW. So, um, at this particular juncture, the Dark Order had really started to pick up steam. Like every week you would see the Dark Order. Every time every time you would see a member of the Dark Order, you would see either Anna Jay or and may he rest in peace, Brody Lee. Um, and that was getting more exposure to who the Dark Order was. Um, and they kind of took, Brody kind of took Hangman under his wing. Like I said, may he rest in peace. Gone way too soon. I we I know they miss him every day. But getting back to the story, uh, Brody Lee was kind of the per- was the person that really brought Hangman into the Dark Order fold, and you started to see Hangman pick up a bunch of wins. And I don't think I I really don't think that um, the Bucks and Kenny really thought that there was anybody that that could really get Hangman back to being who he is as a competitor because Hangman Adam Page is one of the most underrated wrestlers in the business today. Bar none, period. Um, And that's coming from me because, again, I'm, in, I, I'm being reintroduced to a lot of these uh, talent for in AEW because I've I've seen bits and pieces of Hangman's work in Ring of Honor and New Japan and even some of his indie stuff, but I really hadn't dived into who Hangman Adam Page really is. I'm gonna do that 
in the next several days. But because at the time of this recording, um, it's only Tuesday, so this this recording, this podcast will come out on a Friday. So anyway, the Dark Order takes Heyman in. I think that was the start of bringing the old Hangman back. Of course, he was still drinking. Of course, he was still the lovable cowboy that we all know know and love him to be. But the the Dark Order with John Silver, um, Anna Jay, and the whole crew uh, really took Hangman in as like family. And I think that was the one thing that was missing for him. Now, the the Dark Order and Heyman go through this whole journey of will he, won't he? We know he loves the Dark Order. He treats them like family. He helps helps them when he can, and the Dark Order helps him. But I think the last time that Kenny Kenny and Hangman had a match was when that was the breaking point for hangman where he told he flat out told every member of the dark order hey i feel like at this particular point that we should just part ways for now for now we should just part ways and that to me said that he was he was grateful to them that he they was there for him um but it was evident that he was he was trying to get at Kenny like like i said meanwhile Kenny's over here having the time of his life he's winning all these championships winning all these matches by fluke by the way but he's winning all these matches and it was just no end in sight for Kenny Omega. Now, here recently, we're going to skip ahead and just go to more recently. There, is, there was a casino ladder match announced where there were like five competitors. Of course, there's the five suits plus the Joker. With the Heart Diamond Club Spade. Heart Club. Heart Club Spade Diamond. Heart Club Spade. Y'all, I cannot think for right now, at the moment. Heart Diamond Club Spade are the four suits plus the Joker. Nope. But I can't think. Okay, anyway. Casino ladder match. And the match was uh, basically whoever wins gets a gets a title shot against Kenny Omega. And I immediately, I didn't think of nobody else that could be the Joker in this particular scenario than Hangman Adam Page. Because like I said, it's been two years. It's been two freaking years. Because he was in the first ever AEW World Championship match. And I feel like it is now his time to be champion. Give him the championship. So, of course, we get into that match. Of course, it was John Moxley, Lance Archer, Andrade, Pack, 
Orange Cassidy, and then it was the Joker was him. Yeah, the Joker was um, Hangman, and the pop he he received, the pop he received was well deserved. Because again, of course, personal things he had going on, I won't get into those. But when he returned, I was like, yes, woo, woo. I was like, we about to get into some cowboy shit today. And then, of course, eventually at the end of the match, he ends up winning the casino ladder match and will go on to face Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. Now, if there is anybody, if there is anybody on the face of the planet that knows Kenny Omega better than anyone, it is Hangman Adam Page. Hangman knows Kenny better than the Bucks, uh, John Mock, anybody. It, literally, Hangman knows Kenny and knows his tendencies and know what exactly that Kenny wants to do in order to beat his opponent. Hangman could easily take, could take that all away. Now, who's to say that the rest of the elite with the Bucks and Adam Cole and um, Brandon Cutler and those guys won't be ringside. Depending on where the match falls on the card, um, it'll be interesting to see if the, the rest of the elite will be out there to help Kenny. So, my prediction for this match is that for the first time in AEW, Hangman Adam Page will win the AEW World Championship and beat Kenny Omega. All right, so... If you really thought you loved what I said about Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page in their bout for this Saturday, then CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston will definitely pique your interest. Listen, I have literally racked my brain trying to figure out how exactly this match will go. In my opinion, I... I already know who I want to win the match, but I don't put it past CM Punk to try his best to be able to win the match. Now, I was saying earlier when I was going through the list of the matches on the card that with CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, if Kenny and Hangman don't steal the show, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston definitely sure will be a top contender in stealing the entire show being the match of the year. Now with let's, let's start with CM Punk. I was going to start with Eddie Kingston, but let me start with CM Punk because I, I know a bit more about Punk than I do with Kingston. I'm still learning everything about Eddie Kingston. So with CM Punk, of course I have been following his career throughout WWE and, everything that he had gone through with the company 
And I literally could tell that he was not into the craft towards the end of his WWE run. So I was like, when he said that he was done with professional wrestling, he was done with WWE, the contract, the contract that he had, that was, I was like, okay, this is pro- this is going to be it for him. Um, and a lot of times I don't think people realize that these, these performers and these wrestlers have feelings too. Like they get burned out on the job, just like we do on a normal nine to five. But with CM Punk, CM Punk has been in the business for a very long time. He has been through just about anything that you could possibly think of. He's probably been through. Um, He lives this straight edge lifestyle. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't, he he's basically live, lives a clean lifestyle. And you rarely see that with a professional, uh, professional wrestler, i.e., uh, Eddie Kingston and countless others. And I, that's what, that's the one thing that I do respect about punk is that no matter what he finds other ways to cope with like depression and anything else that might be going on in his personal life, he finds other ways to cope or deal with it instead of turning to, um, instead of turning to drugs or alcohol or anything of like anything like that now flip over to the other side we have who I say is fastly becoming one of my favorites in aew in Eddie Kingston now when I first when aew first launched I had no and then there was uh the TNT tournament uh, the TNT matches that Cody was having while he was TNT champion. Um, and this particular match between Cody and Kingston, Eddie Kingston, really opened my eyes to who this guy was. Now, uh, I'm going to pause the story for a minute and say that on his Twitter page, Eddie's Twitter page, there is a link to a article that that was released today. Uh, for the Players' Tribune. Basically, Eddie giving a whole backstory into who he is. Like, outside of professional wrestling, who he was and who he is today. And when I tell you I read through the entire article and after I read it, I gained so much more respect and admiration for a guy like Eddie Kingston who has been through a lot and you could t- and literally you can tell that he's a t- he's the type that has been through a lot now, now that's not saying that CM Punk has not been through anything CM Punk definitely has been through some stuff but not many knew Eddie's backstory Eddie literally pours everything and not everything but majority majority of what's in the article is his backstory and like i said when i read the entire thing that made me love admire and respect eddie that that much more now i don't know if he's going to be listening to listening to this at all 
But he's a big proponent. Like he's uh, like uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but in the article he was saying that he didn't want to hear about anything with depression or mental health or anything like that. But once he realized that, hey, in order for me to advance and grow as a person, I need to get help. And mental health is a big, big thing with me. Like I am like this, the doing a podcast like this or streaming on Twitch or just being able to write is therapy for me. It gets me to be in a place where I know I can be like, oh, okay, cool. I'm good. I can, I can function. Cause a lot of times we don't know what others go through unless they mention it or they just feel like they need to talk. Anyway, I'm going over, going on a whole, whole rant. I might do a whole podcast on mental health because it's very important to check on the people that you love and that you know. And getting back to this match with CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, I think Eddie's promo from this past was it ramp? It was either Rampage or um, Dynamite. Rampage or Dynamite? I think it was Dynamite. No, it was Rampage. That promo opened my eyes way more. Like, I knew of this bad boy persona that Eddie was portraying on screen. But, again, with me reading the article and me listening to his promo to CM Punk, it, it opened my eyes to like, okay, maybe this is the type of match that Kingston needs to show the world, hey, I'm this badass too, not just CM Punk. Mind you, CM Punk had seven years before his first match. And Eddie's been work. Eddie has worked his way through AEW. He's had phenomenal matches, whether he wins, whether he loses, whether it's a draw. Eddie's always, to me, has had a top tier match. Especially my favorite match. My two favorite matches would be would be from Eddie in AEW. That it would be the. Uh, TNT championship match he had with Cody, which in the article, I did not know this, but in the article from the Players' Tribune that was released today, Eddie had mentioned that uh, in the whole process of him um, getting signed to, he at that point, he had already like been signed to AEW and to, no, he hadn't been signed to AEW yet when he had the match with Cody. It was after the match with Cody that Twitter, Instagram, all basically every social media platform that you could think of blew up after that match because people were introduced to a guy that most fans probably didn't know or if the fans did know him, it was very, very few that knew him from like the indie scene 
um, in, in the various companies. And the hashtag sign Eddie Kingston had been trending. I was I was around when that when that um, when the hashtag was trending. He was trending for a while, and I think that was the moment that Tony Khan and Cody and the Bucks and Kenny were like, okay, let's sign this dude to a contract. He didn't want to believe it at first because he he's in the article he said that he is not the type to he's not he doesn't cope well when people show him love or show him affection that is positive and not so much negative. I'm kind of that way too, but I tend to show it before somebody else shows it to me. Anyway. Um, with this particular match, it is a regular singles match between two competitors that are hungry to prove themselves to not just themselves, but to each other and to the entire world. Now, mind you, millions of people are probably going to be in a, in a watching this pay-per-view. I know I'm going to be one of them, um, but I have Eddie Kingston winning this particular match and here's why CM Punk has built himself since since making his debut in AEW CM Punk has basically built himself to be undefeated having matches with Darby Bobby Fish um, Powerhouse Hobbs uh, Ricky Starks and various others there was really no one else on the roster that needed to have a one-on-one, mano-a-mano kind of match against a guy like CM Punk more than Eddie Kingston. Eddie's, of course, Eddie had just recently came out of the AEW World uh, Title Eliminator Tournament, but when you're constantly doubted and you're constantly told, hey, you're not good enough, it kind of drives you to be like, okay, you say I'm not this, I'm not that, but I'm going to prove you wrong. This match right here is going to be the defining moment for Eddie. Now, again, this is my opinion. I feel like this particular match is going to open everybody else's eyes that that not necessarily everybody will be keen on a guy like Eddie Kingston, but all probably all so much with a guy like CM Punk. Now that's not to say that CM Punk could not win this match. I'm just saying that for the purposes of building a guy to be this undeniable badass in the ring as well as out of the ring because the relationship he has with him between him and Mox, I respect it wholeheartedly. Which is why I say that Eddie will win this match. He will win this match in honor of his best friend. So, like I said, I 
my prediction is that it, it'll be a hard it trust me it's going to be a hard fought match like it's going to be a whole back and forth mano y mano punch after punch kick after kick uh battle between two heavyweights in the game but Eddie's going to have that little extra something that's going to put him over the top and win this match over CM Punk. Woo! Y'all, I, like I said, this whole card for Full Gear, I'm just looking forward to it. This match and a couple of others, I can't wait to see what happens next. I just can't wait because, like I said, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, two badasses in the ring, two guys that absolute, after the last show absolutely hate each other. They want to get at each other. They want to box, fight, kick, punch, all that in the in the ring. He, they want to do all things to each other. So I can't wait to see how this match turns out. Again, my prediction is that Eddie Kingston will pick up the victory over CM Punk at full gear. All right, so the next match I have on this list here is the Inner Circle versus American Top Team consisting of Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Junior Santos, Olavsky, and Dan Lambert. Of course, with the inner circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. In a 10-man Minneapolis street fight. 10-man tag Minneapolis street fight. Okay. Easily, hands down, I'm picking the inner circle. First off, I just want to jam to Judas every time the inner circle or Chris Jericho comes out to the ring and I like hit hit myself over the head if I miss it because it's just a tradition now that every time Jericho or the inner circle come out is it's just mandatory that I have to pause everything that I'm doing and sing along with the song. Now with this with this uh, Minneapolis street fight between the two the two teams, the Inner Circle and American Top Team. Now listen, again, I'm picking the Inner Circle. It is no secret. It is no secret that I did not like the Inner Circle when it first formed. But I think, I think for me, when the tide turned was after the the second stadium stampede against the Pinnacle. No, I take that back. It was after the first stadium stampede against the Elite uh, that really changed my point of view on the inner circle, and mainly with Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, and especially Santana and Ortiz. Now, before I get into the match, the match itself, listen, I need Santana and Ortiz to win the tag team championships. Like yesterday, Santana and Ortiz, aka Proud and Powerful, I've been waiting on them to win some type of championship gold. Everybody on that squad, with the exception of maybe Jake Hager, has won gold. Sammy, 
and Jericho have. Uh, Sammy uh, being the is he still the TNT champion? Is he still the TNT champion? I don't even remember. But again, Sammy has won gold. Chris Jericho's won gold. At some point, we need Santana and Ortiz to win the AEW Tag Team Championships. Will that be courtesy of the Lucha Brothers? I honestly, to God, hope it is. Because it's time. Much like with Hangman and him winning the AEW World Championship, it is past time for Santana and Ortiz to win the AEW Tag Team Championships. But that's a whole nother segment for a whole nother podcast. Anyway, for this particular match with the 10-man Minneapolis Street Fight, Chris Jericho, of course, is Chris Jericho. He has these amazing one-liners. And, of course, with the help of his buds, have selected the American Top Team again with Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Dan Lambert, Junior Dos Santos, uh, and... Arlovsky. Um, So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this match unfolds. But in a match like this, I do do. I definitely, definitely give the advantage to a inner circle because they've been in matches like this before, of course, with the two stadium stampede matches, blood and guts, um, matches like that give them experience as a unit, as the inner circle, as a Stable, if you will. So, I'm interested to see what Dan Lambert's going to do in this match. Um, what else? I know that long term, I want to see more, like I said, from Santa and Ortiz, Sammy and Jake. And of course, I still want to see what Chris Jericho can do in the ring at his age. Um, He is not Tom Brady. (laughs) He is not Tom Brady, although he wants to be Tom Brady, the Tom Brady of wrestling. Um, But again, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But I think in this particular match, with it being a street fight, no, it's no, yeah, it's no disqualification. So, weapons are allowed. Weapons are allowed. Sorry, y'all. Weapons are allowed. And I think it bodes well for, again, a group like the Inner Circle who have been in these type matches before. And on the opposite side, you have American Top Team who have not had matches together like that before. So I think it puts them at a disadvantage when it comes to something like this. Now, am I saying totally discounting American top team? No, because they can definitely find ways to win because you got MMA fighters on your team and then you got Scorpio and Ethan. Um, But I think the X factor, if somehow American top team does find a way to win, it's going to be Dan Lambert. Because Dan's going to have his, the other four dudes do majority of the work for him. And somehow, some way that if, if American Top Team does win, 
it'll be because of Dan Lambert. But they're not winning. It's going to be the inner circle and Chris Jericho. I, I'm sitting here thinking now that literally Chris Jericho could take out Dan Lambert with a pen to win. Literally could do could do just that and win. Now, if we're thinking long-term, again, with Santana and Ortiz, I need them to win the AEW Tag Team Championships like yesterday. Um... If Sam, I think Sammy is still the uh, AEW TNT champion. Let me. Let me make sure. Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Damn. Yes, he is still the TNT champion. Um, so I would like to see what he would do next uh, with the championship and who would challenge him next for said championship. And I just want to see what's next for the inner circle as a whole. And like I said, with the previous match for uh, Darby versus MJF, once um, Wardlow breaks away permanently from Maxwell. I want to see him eventually go for the TNT championship and build his way up to the AEW world title. Cause I want, I want hangman to have a long, I know I probably didn't mention this in the opening segment, but I want hangman to have a lengthy title reign, like at least through two two different pay-per-views. Like, let him win it at full gear. And probably the next time that they have one, had the next big one um, would be what, uh, Revolution. I had to look. But I say let him hold it until um, Double or Nothing next year. And build build that way. Because I think, again, not to get off topic here, but with Hangman, Hangman needs a lengthy title ring to solidify himself as a true champion. Because the next pay-per-view has not been announced yet. Hmm. Yeah, it's not been announced yet, but with the this Saturday is AEW Full Gear. And my pick for this 10-man tag, Minneapolis Street Fight, is the inner circle. Chris Jericho getting the pin over. Dan Lambert and the American Top Team. Like I said, this whole card is stacked. I wouldn't be surprised if in none of my none of my predictions pan out, but I hope and pray that all of them do, especially with this one, because I feel like the inner circle needs that big, big like stable, worthy win to really solidify the inner circle as the faction stable group ever in the history of 
All Elite Wrestling. All right, y'all. This next match, listen. I have Darby Allen winning this match against MJF. But look, I'm not even looking for I'm looking forward to the match to see if Darby can pull off the win against MJF. But I'm not I'm not so much concerned about Darby and MJF. I'm concerned more about MJF and Wardlow. Reason being is that I'm ready for this mobo to turn on MJF. I'm ready for Wardlow to turn. Like, I have literally been waiting for MJ, MJF and Wardlow to go head-to-head or Wardlow turning on MJF at a, the most inopportune time for Maxwell, but benefiting his opponent. Look, especially recently where every time Sting and Darby would come in the ring trying to get at MJF, MJ Maxwell would get his ass up out the ring and leave Wardlow there to take the brunt of the beatings. And I know, I know for a fact, well, I don't know for a fact, but I know that at some point, Wardlow's going to get tired. He's going to get tired of having to always be like, okay, let me get backs out of his bullshit. Again, excuse all the cussing, but for this particular match and this particular person, I it's bound to come out. At some point, Wardlow is going to be like, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with your ish. I'm tired of always covering for you. I'm always tired of being the one taking the brunt of the beatings for you. I can't do this no more. And he... I'm hoping that this man turns on Maxwell Saturday at full gear, November 13th. Um, But as far as the match is concerned, Maxwell has always been the type to irk my nerves, i.e. the Miz, when he's in heel mode. When he's in face mode, I'm good with it. But when he's in heel mode, I'm just like, ugh. Anyway, so with Max, I have also learned to, whenever he's on TV, I've learned to just press mute on my remote because nine times out of ten, whenever Max has a promo that he has to cut on somebody, it's going to be derogatory. And I, I just don't listen to it. Because some of most of the stuff that Max says, I know to not be true, but it irks my nerves to the point where I'm just like, really? Are you serious? And you expect him not to come out there and try to whoop your butt for that? Like I said, at some point. So what's today? Tuesday? Well, at the time of this recording, it's Tuesday. By the time we get through... Dynamite and Rampage for this week. I almost guarantee you he's going to say something that's going to piss Sting and Darby off enough to where they don't get Maxwell, which they're not going to get him. But 
they're going to get at Wardlow. And that moment will be the breaking point for Wardlow and be like, I can't do this no more. I'm tired of covering for his butt. I'm tired of being the one having to step in the middle of his arguments and his fights with other people. Warlow ain't going to do that ish no more. It's time. It is way past time for Wardlow to turn on Maxwell, period. I know this whole friggin' segment is going to be me saying Wardlow needs to turn on MJF, period. Now, see, with the match, I think Max is going to definitely underestimate the impact that Sting has on Darby. Because Darby has really benefited from having a guy like Sting. Sting's been in the business about as long as I've been living, if not longer. But when you take a look at a guy like Darby Allen, who is smaller and does take take a lot of bumps, take a lot of hits, MJ is probably going to use his size to his advantage. But also keeping in mind that at that at that juncture in the match, he also knows he has Wardlow. Now again, it might not happen during Rampage or uh, Dynamite this week, but I almost guarantee you that at Full Gear, something's gonna happen where Darby is outside the ring with Max, and and Wardlow's there. Uh, Darby's going to try to go at Max and Max is going to duck and hit work. It's going to be something. It's going to be something so stupid, but yet so needed to kickstart this heel turn against Max. Overall, though, it's going to be a very entertaining match because, again, with the added presence of a Sting and a Wardlow at ringside, who knows what the heck is going to happen in this match and what Max is going to try to do to get out of the match or he's probably going to do something to where somebody is going to get banned from ringside um, and all the other bunch of nonsense that he spews. But don't be surprised if Darby has something up his sleeve. Darby and Sting, I should say. Darby, Don't be surprised if Darby and Sting have something up their sleeve to try to throw Max and Wardlow off their game. Now, will this thing come to pass? I don't know. Who knows in professional wrestling these days? But... I feel like, like I said, Max underestimates a guy like Darby. And you never, ever in your wrestling career want to underestimate a guy like Darby. Or a guy, now I'm going to do a whole podcast on him later, but a, a guy like Cody. But... For this particular match, Max def- Max and Wardlow definitely underestimate a guy like Darby. 
And again, like I said, with Sting being there for Darby, it could it could get ugly, and it could get ugly very quickly. I don't want it to get. Uh, I will. Let me let me not tell that lie. I do want it to get ugly, but for MJF instead of Darby. Now, with the whole relationship between Wardlow and MJF, we've seen glimpses of Max almost volunteering Wardlow for stuff that Wardlow didn't agree to. And we've seen glimpses of said action and then seeing Wardlow's response. I'm very interested to see tomorrow night on, well, Wednesday on Dynamite and Friday on Rampage what exactly they're going to do to basically poke and prod an eventual turn from Wardlow. Because a guy like Wardlow, I honestly, I honestly could see him as a future champion. Now, whether that's a TNT champion uh, or AEW or AEW champion, I feel like he'd be a, a, an excellent AEW champion, given the right circumstance, given the right champion. I feel like that that would be something that Wardlow could dominate and excel and achieve achieve it when will that time come for Wardlow I don't know but Wardlow's always been of course he's incredibly handsome so I, it, I everything I say about Wardlow is incredibly biased but I am putting it out there I have no shame Wardlow is an extremely incredible looking man that could crush me anytime he wants. But Wardlow is also very talented. Now, he hadn't had many, like, solo matches because of him being with Maxwell. I think once he breaks away from Max is when he'll get, like, his first official match away from all things Maxwell Jacob Friedman will basically tell the story of his career in AEW. Now, I would love to see him against a guy like Lance Archer. Eventually, when Moxley comes back, I would love to see them two go at it. I would love to see him and Hangman, um, him and Kenny, uh, him and maybe him and Adam Cole, just it's so many different options that they could do with him it's just booking and picking the right person to do exactly what is needed for a guy like him which is why i again may he rest in peace with brody lee i think that's why a guy like him was so valuable in aew because he was a big guy and i know that Everybody learned a a lot, a lot from him. So I'm interested to see what exactly happens with Wardlow once he 
says, okay, I'm tired of dealing with your bullshit. I'm tired of stepping in for you. I'm tired of doing this, that, and third. I need to start focusing on what I need to do. Maybe that kickstarts a feud between him and Max, which Wardlow should win easily. But, again, it's all, it's all predicated on booking, how they book him post-breakup with Max and the right. So we will have to see. But again, in this particular match for Darby versus MJF, I feel like the way that Darby will end up end up winning the match against Max will be because of Wardlow. And it's not it's not a bad thing when I say because of Wardlow. Wardlow may be the caveat to okay, let me just let him do his own thing by himself. And if he can't, then eventually that's how Darby will get the win over over Max. So, yeah, that's my pick for Darby versus MJF. I picked Darby Allen to win this match. Uh, we will see what happens Saturday for full gear. All right, so this next match that is on the card for full gear is the AEW Women's World Championship match with Ty Conti challenging the doctor, Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. Again, that's Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. Listen, I have Britt retaining the championship because I honestly feel like that Ty's, even though she is the number one ranked woman in AEW, I don't feel like she would have enough to dethrone Brit. That's not to say that it's not going to be a competitive match. I, I do see it being a competitive match. I do see Ty pushing Brit to her limit. But in my humble opinion, I really do think that she is not going to be the one to dethrone essentially the queen. Of AEW. Now, with Britt, I've watched her throughout her whole first two years, these first two years uh, in AEW, and I've seen her go through this transition, uh, well, not transition, transformation from being this, because essentially she's still new to wrestling, if because she she's not like deep in it, like an Adam Cole or a Hikaru Shida wrestlers like that that's been in the business a long time. She's relatively still new to <clears throat> to everything. But again, with her like her in ring ability is undeniable. She can hang in the ring with the best of them. Hell, she can make folks bleed. She can. She got so many different things she can do inside a ring, inside the ring, and in, during a match that anything really is possible with Brit. Let's see. And then too, of course, she's she's currently dating uh, Adam Cole, baby, uh, which we'll get to his match here soon, but. 
she can she I feel like she learns a lot from him and I feel like he learns a lot from her. I think she pull she pulls a lot of inspiration from anybody that she can pull inspiration from and I think that's going to give her the edge in this match. Because she she knows what it takes to win the title. She knows what it takes to retain the title. Even though, like I said, she will have Jamie Hayter and Rebel ringside for her. Which I think they'll have a huge impact on how this match unfolds and how it flows. And eventually, inevitably, it will determine... How who ends up winning the match. Now, I don't know if Jamie and Rebel's interference during the match, because it's going to happen at some point. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt Britt. Now, like I said, with Ty Currency, Ty is the number one ranked woman in AEW, so I see why they are pushing her and giving her this opportunity to have this match with Britt. On such a big stage, like full gear in front of thousands of people. Now, they, they what I'm about to say is not a slight on um on Ty Conti at all. This is not this is not a slight to her and her abilities. But I personally wanted wanted to see more from her, from Britt, and Anna. Now, this would give Anna some much-needed in-ring time because she's still, technically, she's still green, but she's getting a hell of a lot better in the ring. If they would just give her more TV time and give her more matches with the right people, Anna is going to be a force to be reckoned with. She's not going to always be known as Ty's best friend. Whereas I'm sure that Ty don't doesn't want to be labeled as Anna's best friend because Anna has the dark order. She has people to, around her to support her. But Ty doesn't necessarily have that same group or people besides Anna that's going to support her. So I think this particular match is going to really open people's eyes to what Ty can do in the ring. Cause I know she does a lot of matches on dark and uh dark elevation. So I, I'm going to have to go check out some, some, ep- uh, not some episodes, some matches of hers to really understand her moveset, understand how she works in the ring. Cause I've, I've watched a lot of Brits matches. And I, I I sort of understand how she moves, how she thinks in the ring. So, again, like I said, I, I'm getting to the point now where I just, when I want to learn about a certain wrestler, I, I learn how they move, how they work, and base my thoughts off that. And whatever storyline they have going on. So, yeah, I am, again, I'm picking Britt to retain her AEW Women's World Championship against Ty Conti. I also wouldn't put it past AEW to write in the possible a possible heel turn for Anna 
which would cause Ty the match and then set up a whole storyline for you with them. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday, November 13th. Because at the time of this recording, it, uh, at the time this is out for everybody to hear, um, it'll be on Friday. So it'll be the day before uh, Full Gear. So yeah, I'm picking, like I said, I'm picking Britt to retain. I can't wait to watch this match to see uh, how they how they work together in the ring. Because I know this will be the first time that these two have been in the ring together. Because I know the uh, it was the first time that Anna and Britt have, have ever been in the ring with each other. So we'll see how, see how it flows between the two of them. And we'll see how how the how the match goes. All right, so the next match that we have is Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click in a six man tag false count anywhere match. So that means they could be pinned in the locker room, in the hallway, in the driveway, in the parking lot, uh, in the stand, in the in the bleachers with the fans. Um, on top of a table, uh, in the in a car, in another building. Uh, so this match really is going to be a fast, not fast pace, but like a a quick pace, um, hard hitting match for both teams. I have the Super Click winning the match after everything that. Jurassic Express and Christian Cage are going to throw at them. I do still think that the Super Click will find a way to pull out the victory. Although it would not surprise me at all if they put over Jurassic Express, specifically Jungle Boy. But then we haven't seen Marco Stunt either. So... He could definitely play a role in the in this match, specifically for his team, for his people. And I know there's going to be some sort of interference from Kenny, or from uh, Brandon Cutler, anybody that basically the Super Click can get their hands on to try to help them win the match. They're going to do it. Otherwise, with the with the uh, Jurassic Express, specifically Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I do want to see more from them. I love Jungle Boy. I love Luchasaurus. I specific, I more specifically love Christian Cage because <clears throat> I know with Christian being the quote unquote veteran of the game because he's been in he's been in the business a lot longer than everybody in the match combined. Um. I know he can bring a lot of tag team knowledge to a match like this, especially with it being false count anywhere. Like I said, false count anywhere basically is that the, the either of the opponents can get the pin in the locker room, the showers, the laundry room, the ca- uh, catering, uh, backstage area, parking lot car, in another building, in the middle of the street, if you wanted to get the pin there. So, 
Woo! This match is going to be interesting for sure. It's going to be a hard-hitting, fast-paced match. They're going to try. Uh, I know the Super Click is going to try to end the match as quickly as possible and try to get out of there unscathed. Now, will that work? Nope. Um, but I, like I said, I would not put it past the Bucks and Adam Cole to use the likes of a, likes of a Brandon Cutler to basically try to throw Christian and Jurassic Express off their game. Will it work? Probably not. Because I know Jungle Boy and Christian and all them, especially Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is, um, even though he's like a billion years old, he's still smart. And Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy is a lot smarter now that he's been in the ring with Adam Cole, even though he did not pick up the win over Adam Cole. I'm sure that Jungle Boy is going to want some sort of retribution against him. So I look forward to seeing that what happens with the two of them. Um, I know that both Jungle Boy, um, I know that Jungle Boy is gonna and and Lucha is gonna want to get some sort of revenge for Marco Stunt revenge for them putting Jungle Boy through a table. Even though I found it kind of funny that uh, Christian used the concerto against Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah. I said, I know Edge was sitting at home proud as hell. Edge had to be sitting at home proud that his best friend was using the concerto against his opponent. But, nope. Oh. But, yeah, I do have the super click winning. But, like I said, I would not be surprised if they found a way to put over, more specifically, Jungle Boy um, to get the pin and get the win for uh, in the six-man tag, false count, anywhere match. All right, and the final two matches that are on the card is Brian Danielson versus Miro in the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Final. And the winner of that match gets a future AEW World Championship title match against champion either Kenny Omega or Hangman Adam Page. And then we have the Lucha Brothers versus FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Now, with the Lucha Brothers versus FTR, I am going to be completely and 100% honest. I have really not paid attention to anything that is going on with FTR and the Lucha Brothers. Now, that's not saying that I need to that I'm not going to be objective when it comes to this match. I have in that match, I have the Lucha Brothers retaining the titles because eventually I want the Lucha Brothers to go up against Santana and Ortiz, eventually having Santana and Ortiz winning the AEW Tag Team Championships because it is past time for them to win the titles. Whole nother 
segment whole nother time. So we'll we'll figure that out. So, like I said, the Lucha Brothers retained the AEW Tag Team Championships, but again, much like with other um, matches, I wouldn't be surprised if they put the other or flip the script and put the other person over or other people over. Now, with the Brian Danielson mural match in the Eliminator Tournament final, um, let us see. Let's see here. I have Brian Danielson winning uh, the match against Miro because I think his speed and his agility is going to be able to counteract whatever Miro is w- going to want to do to try to win the match. So, again, I have Brian Danielson winning that match. And that match is going to be uh, a match that is going to involve a lot of submissions. And I'm interested to see how this is going to play out because they haven't been in the ring with each other before. Let me not, let me think, hold on. Have these two been in the ring with each other? Because I know both of them used to work for WWE because I'm trying to think. Did they ever get into? No. As far as I can remember, they have not been able to be in the ring together mm-hmm. against each other to compete in all of that goodness. Um... So it'll be interesting to see how this match unfolds between these two because again they they have beaten the who's who in AEW. Personally, I wish it was Eddie Kingston in this match and not not Miro, but we're here. Um, so we'll see what happens with this particular match. This is this particular segment. I can't talk. This particular segment probably not going to be as long because. Again, I really hadn't been paying attention to the uh, tournament as well as whatever is going on with uh, the Lucha Brothers and FTR. All I know is that at some point, Santana and Ortiz is going to have to have a tag team title shot and eventually win the titles at some point. It's been two years. They ain't even won, won it once. I can see if they want it once, but they ain't even want it at all. So I kind of need them to be able to win and have a lengthy uh, title reign as um, as champions. So we'll see what happens. Again, I got uh, Brian Danielson winning the tournament final match against Miro and the Lucha Brothers retaining against FTR. But much like with the super click for FTR, they have totally uh, ringside, although I 
he might may or may not be ringside. I don't know. But if Tully so happens to be ringside, Tully will be an X factor in that match to try to get his boys to win the titles again. So we'll see. We will see. All right, so that basically covers everything that I need to tell y'all for AEW Full Gear this Saturday, November 13th, only on pay-per-view. I personally cannot wait for the Kenny Omega Hangman match for the AEW World Championship to see if the Cowboy can do some Cowboy shit and win that title. Personally, I think he will. So if you want to hit your girl up over on socials, hit me up at on Twitter at Miss Breezy Reigns. Instagram at Queen Breezy, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Queen Breezy. It's been a fun podcast, y'all. I cannot believe we are here. We are here, y'all. We are here at almost at full gear. Cannot wait for all these matchups, all of these matches to see these performers put on an amazing, amazing show. Tune in possibly Monday or Tuesday for post reactions to full gear and then we will get into survivor series because you know it's been 25 years since the rock debuted at survivor series so anything really could happen at survivor series this year tune in next time to find out oh and then we might we might we might get into some eternals talk too until then it's been your girl your host your homie queen breezy Peace.